0: See you.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Pixar's Lightyear. Joining us today, I hope he eats his sandwiches with the bread on the outside. It's Pixar correspondent Joe Morgan. Joe, what's going on?
0: Uh, you know, you know, Josh, I I am pledging allegiance to to socks, the cat, and not much else these days. So. <laughs>
1: Um, I have a couple. I mean, socks is great, but actually, I, I, I now, now I, like, I have something in my head from another podcast I was listening to about the movie. About a point about socks <laughs> that is now going to bother me, and I'm gonna have to like put that on you later in the podcast. But we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> okay. in, in the in the timeline of this movie, Lightyear, uh, the Buzz Lightyear we meet is a part of Star Command. He is on a mission on another planet. Uh, in, in, and in part due to his mistakes as they're evacuating this planet, which has sentient vines, uh, his entire ship kind of gets stuck on this planet with a really big crew and they don't really have the right technology to get back to. Uh, I don't know if they even call it Earth, but it's his home, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a, as as a, you know, so that are kind of stuck there for a year while they try and harvest the resources of this planet. I think it's called Takani Prime or something like that, Joe. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: they, tr- they try to harvest the resources of Takani Prime to figure out how to actually get the tech to get this ship back home. And uh, they work on it for a year. When Buzz finally takes off on a flight, he ends up, you know, it's, he has to, he's planning on doing some, an elaborate maneuver around the sun to slingshot him in the hyperspeed to get where he needs to go. But it, it doesn't work. It all, all of, in all four minutes, he it fails and is back on the uh, Takani Prime. And he realizes pretty quickly, oh, wait, I, there's a, a whole time dilation sensation. Uh, four years have already passed and what felt like four minutes for me. And he decides he's going to take it upon himself to keep missing out on all the time that's elapsing while he does these trips. And soon enough, when he comes back decades later, he's his his old friend uh, Alicia Hawthorne, who was uh, voiced by Uzo Adubo. She has moved on; though she's kind of left a family behind, and she's passed away. And the the powers that be now want to stop his mission, so he decides and he decides to take matters into his own hands. Uh, and we'll get to what the rest of what happens later. But I'm trying to be brief because I need to back up for a second, Joe, because I think uh you know an interesting thing about this movie and we got to kind of start with something that's other than the plot because i think it really colors how we view the rest of the film oh and i'll even back up to december 2020 uh where uh i think this movie like i read about it a little bit today joe i guess it had been in production since like 2016 or 2017 but like they really kept it on the dl even by Pixar standards, I think, up until that point. Because, you know, we heard about, you know, Toy Story 3 and 4 and stuff for like years or Incredibles 2 for years or whatever before they happened. And I don't really think you or I knew anything about this. And it's even more surprising you didn't, given that you were living in LA, working in animation at the time for, um, partially for Disney-owned companies. And you didn't even really know anything about it. And all of a sudden there's like some kind of Disney Expo. I don't remember what the actual uh, event was. Maybe you do. In December, 2020, where they all of a sudden announced this thing, this thing called Lightyear, which is going to be the, at one point in this intro video that Joe and I went and pulled from uh, Twitter earlier today. They refer to it as like kind of the story that Andy saw way back in 1995. But what stuck with me even more, Joe, that mm-hmm. I told you and things stuck with some other people was that Chris Evans They announced in this opening video that like, you know, Chris Evans is going to be voicing this version of Buzz Lightyear. Who was going to be the Buzz Lightyear from the movie that inspired Andy so much? Chris Evans had to add on to that at the time and tweeted, uh, This isn't exactly what you guys understand. This is not the Buzz from Toy Story. This is the story about the man that inspired the character of Buzz Lightyear that was in the movie that Andy saw. So a lot of people went into this movie, or maybe some people figured out otherwise, and Joe did to a greater extent than me that this wasn't exactly the case going in. And I, and I, and, and but then all of a sudden, though, at the beginning of this movie, though, uh, a title card drops that says uh, a, a, a title card drops. that says in 1995, a boy named Andy got a toy from his favorite movie. This is that movie. And I think I started seeing Joe some marketing materials like a week ago that said that. But mm-hmm. I think that can be true. And Chris Evans's tweet could be true at the same time. So I spent a lot of this movie and I, I really think there is a way like there could have been a guy in the world that Andy lived in that, like, did some sh- cool shit in space. And so they made a movie about him. Mm -hmm. And I thought it could have been about that guy and still also been the movie that Andy saw. So, uh, and I can explain why that confused me a little bit later, but I want to know what, what were, had you gotten your bearings going into this movie uh, based on like kind of these weird conflicting marketing and social media messages. And I think some people cynically are like, oh, Pixar really realized they had a problem on their hands because they thought they were getting Toy Story 5. So they had to put that thing on there. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I just thought it'd be kind of cool. I think they just thought it'd be kind of cool to be like, oh, remember, that was a movie that we talked about 27 years ago. Let's just make that movie. So I'm wondering, had you kind of gotten your bearings as to like what exactly this movie was going to be about going in? And Did you like the movie and did the extent to which you did and like, was that, was that at all shaped by like the expectations you had developed based on like what you thought this was going to be based on all the conflicting things that we had heard?
0: Yeah. So I think about a week before the movie, when the Mm -hmm. marketing really started to kick in the gear, I kind of figured out that this was actually the movie that Andy supposedly has seen because for a time, I don't know, like part of it is just being busy with work and, being a dad and stuff, I mm-hmm. I didn't have as much time to um, o- openly contemplate. You know, the movie. I guess I just knew I was going to see it, and um, yeah, about a week before, I was like, okay, so this is the movie that Andy watched. Got it? Because I guess like there was the Chris Evans tweet where it's like based on the man or what? Like you 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 read it verbatim earlier, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so is this going to be like a Buzz Aldrin type thing or? is it going to be like, is it like a folk hero situation where uh, like, I see, like I didn't, I wasn't sure. And so I heard it was going to be, this is the movie that Andy actually watched. And I was like, okay, like now I've got my bearings here. This is a 1995 action movie. And, and if it's a 1995 action movie, I think my biggest issue with this film is that it doesn't feel like a 1995 action movie that kids would watch. Hmm. And I couldn't really get that thought out of my head as I was watching, as I was watching it. And that's not to say I didn't like the movie. Mm -hmm. Like I thought there were a lot of really enjoyable pieces of it that I'm going to be happy to talk about here. I think it's just that whole central premise of the movie. Like this just seemed like there was something fundamentally off with it that kind of colored my experience of watching
1: it okay so i honestly i'm i don't know i haven't talked to you in depth about it yet you don't give star ratings on letterbox so i so you logged Mm -hmm. it i don't exactly know how you are in it but i know i I think i think it's possible to say you like the movie but still kind of have those other criticisms but like and i've listened to a couple other podcasts today about it where i think some people really got in the weeds about what it meant to be a 1995 movie did it feel like a movie that was made in the 90s uh like like you said something kids would go to see then and uh I don't even, someone even said, shouldn't have said, shouldn't the credits have not credited Agnes Agnes McLeod then or shouldn't have like actually been to someone else thing. Cause he didn't direct that movie. Uh, So some people really went down that rabbit hole and that really didn't bother me so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the thing that kind of got me a little bit was, uh, and I kind of zoomed through it when I gave the plot description, but a big part of that plot when Buzz is like Um, missing the events of what's going on into Connie prime because of time dilation. He's basically missing the, uh, the, this movie's version of the toy story two Emily sequence or the, the first 10 minutes of up. That's the emotional wall. The movie kind of peaks emotionally with the, uh, the Hawthorne story that's going Mm -hmm. on while he's gone. And, uh, but, but like, I just found that so powerful. And I thought this movie was going to be bigger um and i came in with incredibly high expectations i mean i kind of had seen some of the reviews were a little more tempered but i was kind of getting where you were on that beforehand where it's like look these are probably the people that were just cynical that didn't think this movie should happen in the first place and i mm-hmm. thought i was like oh, coming in in a more smartly open-minded than those people because i remember toy story 4 i remember people saying like why would they do this toy story 3 is so great and then toy story 4 is great and i'm like all right if toy story 4 is great and they know they like ended that on something good while this isn't a continuation of that saga it's still going to be associated with that brand and what i've been telling joe for a year and a half now is like why would they go back to this brand unless they had a kick-ass amazing idea for a movie like this this something that sounds so ridiculous on paper has to be awesome for them to like go back and do this so Mm -hmm. i came in with high expectations and i see those first 10 minutes again also thinking that um this is a story about the dude I still thought about the dude, but also the movie that Andy saw. I thought about the dude from Andy's world that was a space hero and they made a movie about him. So I, first of all, I see these first 10 minutes. I'm like, wow, they're burning through a lot of plot. It seems like they're going for something huge here. If they're burning through all of this, because in the back of my mind, I think this dude's making it back to earth because yeah. they had to make a movie about him. So right. that is the thing that had stuck in my head. I was like, again, like maybe that's my fault for not, I don't want to say it actually, no, it's not my fault. It's their fault for like letting Chris Evans tweet that shit out. Uh, <laughs> But I, I just, in my head, I'm like, wow, this is going to probably span galaxies, go, go lots of places because this guy has to make it back to earth so they can make a freaking movie about him and he can be a hero. So I have that in my head the whole time. And I think that this world <laughs> is just going to be really big. They've, they're he's slingshotting around the sun. They've burned through decades of time and so much powerful story. I'm like, they must really have a lot to go off of here. And I think that kind of, because I had that expectation of like, this movie was going to go to some faraway places because he had to get back to a faraway place that he was ultimately going to get back to. It's a kid's movie. There's a happy ending. And I know that there's going to this guy's going to accomplish his thing because of what I was told by Chris Evans. So I thought this movie was just going to go to so many other places. And it felt very small mm-hmm. because of that, as far as the scope. And there's nothing inherently wrong about something like that. You could have a lean action movie that's smaller in scope. But I felt mm-hmm. like I was like, I came in with such different expectations for what I was going to get based on those other things that I felt a little let down because they didn't go to a ton of different locations. And it felt a little repetitive throughout because it just been like it was ultimately like these people are just going to keep failing until they realize it's okay to fail. And I -hmm. like there's other things I liked within it too that I'm happy to talk about. But it just felt like a different movie than especially after the first 15 minutes and a year and a half of anticipation than I thought I was going to get. And that's how the marketing kind of like screwed up my experience. And not saying it would have been top 10 Pixar for me if that hadn't been the case but I think it really contributed to like issues I was maybe going to have regardless, but kind of like exacerbated them based on where I thought the story was going. If that makes sense to you.
0: Yeah, it does. And um, that kind of ties into something I've thought about this movie a bit too, where of course this movie wasn't going to be toy story five. I think people who went in expecting that maybe just like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say, well, speak well
1: they, they probably have kids that like Toy Story and they don't st- yeah. spend all their time reading about the industry.
0: Like we do maybe. Right. Yeah. So my whole thing is this didn't feel like a Toy Story film. And I say that in the sense that um, Toy Story has drama, very high emotional stakes, but there's like, I don't know, there's just a bit more fun and quippiness and comedy to Toy Story that isn't necessarily here. Like you see them kind of like try to flex those muscles a bit with like, Buzz doing the self diary, and then um, socks. who I truly really think is delightful. And then like some of the, kind of the oddball crew that they have going on there. But oh yeah, by the way,
1: funny. that's that's another one point I was going to make to you. While, while you're mentioning socks, if, if this was an actual movie he watched in the '90s, wouldn't there have been a socks toy along with his Buzz Lightyear toy? That's oh, what's something cool. I was hearing people complain about. Shouldn't there have been a socks oh, toy in this Toy Story world in the first three movies? Is this actually a movie that came out? Socks would have been a huge ass yeah. toy.
0: Yes, yeah, socks would have been. Yeah, obviously. Like <laughs> the funny thing is. is socks is in this movie to sell toys now so why would <laughs> we if we're going, if we're going yeah, for that yeah i got you I got um you. but then your point about the movie being small toy story takes place like the franchise takes place largely in suburbia right but there's still just such a vastness to the movies you know what i mean like we think about the truck chase in the first movie it's like life or death and like you know all this stuff but even though it's like just a random road in the suburbs or you have, like, the toys crossing the road in Toy Story 2 and causing the big traffic pileup and everything with the cones. Toy Story 3, when they get to the dumpster, it might as well be the Grand Canyon there. You know, like, there's just such, like, but, everyday but also, things.
1: But also, Sunnyside just feels just feels like a, uh, a more vibrant location than anything they did in space here.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's just, they, the environments are so rich in those movies. And this one, I mean i don't know it's it's it bears a heavy burden because it's coming from toy story and it's not a toy story it's not a toy story movie so it's gonna you know unless it's like the perfect film which there is no perfect film it's because it's just naturally gonna pale if it doesn't you know do its thing incredibly well you know
1: i guess i'll get my criticisms most of my criticisms out of the way then and i'll say Mm -hmm. because you mentioned it like these other, other past Toy Story movies are like very emotional and have some serious dramatic moments and stakes and all that. And as I mm-hmm. already indicated, I think this movie peaks dramatically in the first 20 minutes. But yes. I think there's more it could have done to like maybe reach the heights of those other movies. And again, like I thought I was going to get that going in because I thought I was going to know what this, I thought I was going to know what who this guy was. Mm-hmm. And said that we pick up where we pick up. And like they didn't make any effort to like give the origin story of that person really yeah of, of buzz like you're like if we get any indication of what he was potentially missing at home like wouldn't that have been like so much more powerful at the end when he makes the decision to like not go home yeah uh I think so. and, and instead we just know he really wants to get back and we know this this other future version of him which we'll talk about a little more like really wants to get home obviously but why like mm-hmm. does he does he have a family probably probably not But if he doesn't have a family, then why does he want to get back that badly at a certain point? Just so he maybe just so he can complete the mission that badly. So Mm -hmm. I think that's one way in which I think it's kind of it robs itself of some dramatic stakes a little bit. But two, uh, because not only do we not know what he has back home, but we don't really know who he was before. And I don't have just not a great concept of that. We see I mean, the opening sequence is supposed to tell us some of some of that. And uh, I mean, so we see him uh we see him in how he treats the, the, the like the new recruit uh feathering <laughs> feathering himson which is just a, like a great mouthful of a name uh, we see he doesn't want him doing stuff which is like not the craziest most under hard to understand thing that you don't want in your life address situation you don't want like a rookie doing everything and then we see him with the uh the the, the ramshackle team he ends up uh putting together uh of you know izzy uh alicia's granddaughter voiced by kiki palmer um mm-hmm. mo morrison voiced by taika waititi who's a new recruit to the version of space PC Warp- he or the version of space command he comes back to and then uh uh darby Steele, an elderly uh pro convict who i think should be a lot funnier than she actually is it's just kind of a one note character but regardless like he doesn't want these people that have no experience doing dangerous stuff like It's common sense. I mean, he might be a little stubborn, but it's not really like a real character flaw to me. And then I think a big, like, emotional thing at the end of this movie is supposed to be, oh, Buzz learns how to be a team player. But, like, we don't have enough history with this guy to really see him, like, that really, really actually being a fault with him. Um, Like, he he, he wants, it seems like, to me, for a lot of the movie, it comes off more as him being protective than him being, like, just a bad bad at working with people and that's supposed to be the big lesson he learns and it's like I don't even know if I really needed him to learn a lesson I just wanted to I just and you said it didn't even necessarily feel like a toy story movie I didn't come in with that expectation Joe because again I thought I was getting some origin story of a dude I'm just like they probably Mm -hmm. have like an awesome kick-ass action movie plan for the origin story of this dude I didn't necessarily expect it to feel like toy story uh but like I just but because of it but like I still think like they could have done more to like you know just uh I, I th- done more to like establish like this world and what this guy did such that like I did, I, I did care about this lesson that he was supposed to learn. And again, I don't need a lesson, but like, I want more kick-ass action if like, as opposed to a lesson that I don't care about, but they did the lesson I didn't really care so much about.
0: Yeah. You know, um, you, you really want to, cause like you have that whole opening sequence where um, they land on the, on the, um, the uncharted planet and they, do a lot of fun homages to Buzz's original spiel from 19, the 1995 movie, Toy Story, not the 1995 movie that we're watching. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm like, okay, so this is gonna be like an action cold open we're gonna kind of figure out who Buzz is and then like the movie's gonna, then the story's gonna start, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's just like, oh, no, this, this, this opening is setting up like the, the movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, okay.
1: I feel like there was a scene in the trailer, too, where it showed him not in uniform, and maybe that happens a few times here, but, like, mm-hmm. I think there was one It almost looked like he was in, like, a, a spaceship hangar or something like that, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna see, like, Buzz, like, working on planet Earth just as, like, some kind of yeah, like
0: in, in the in the, the NASA Academy or whatever,
1: yeah. I thought there was gonna be something like that where it's, like, you're learning, you're watching this guy become the actual space hero, and uh, again, I think maybe there's a version of this movie where we don't get that, but that I still like more. But I again, I, I try not to read too much into trailers, but I just, that idea, like seeing him like fully without the helmet with his hair and kind of wearing almost street clothes or wearing just like a regular training suit, like training jumpsuit. I just kind of thought like it gave me a different. I thought we were going to see more of this guy pre-space hero i guess and i thought that would have been interesting some people complain about origin stories but like i just had i had faith in pixar to like give us a real one and you know in certain other kind of like superhero movies Mm. i'm happy to jump in kind of where we did with this character like when it's all these like marvel superheroes who've we seen different versions of their origin story i respect when like uh spider-man um uh spider-man homecoming just jumps in he's already in the suit or whatever or, or or even like captain america civil war they they find him already doing this stuff we never had to get that and it's like that's cool but here it's like i would have actually been kind of curious to like see what that world looked like because we've only ever really gotten it from andy's perspective and the toys perspective or whatever so I, I wouldn't have blamed them if they kind of went back to basics with respect to that kind of origin story or whatever so yeah i
0: would i would have loved that they had done something like um The J.J. Abrams Star Trek reboot, where you kind of get that brief introduction to Kirk. Never
1: watched those movies, but I'll take your word for it.
0: Um, Well, I mean, he's just sort of like um, the bar fighting 'er ne'er-do-well son of a famous pilot who died in combat, right? Hmm. And then, you know, he rides his motorbike around his small town, but he always dreams of the space life. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be something exactly like that, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of the kind of thing I thought that they might shoot for and that might play well. Um, for that audience and things like that but um yeah no we didn't we didn't get that here no i guess <laughs> no, i guess no. that's, that's on me for um yeah. putting expectations on something <laughs> but so what did you think about yeah. before
1: we even get to like all the conflict and the stuff with zerg and all that what did you think what did you actually i mean again I, we've explained what we would have liked to have seen from his backstory but what did you actually feel about like, this version of buzz like was it just dis- i mean I, I i didn't some people were like this I don't think either of us were that beaten up about Tim Allen not being a part of this movie. But how did you ultimately feel about, like, this, at least this depiction of the character that we were given um, in him, how they depicted him as a person, irrespective of like the backstory we wanted that we didn't get?
0: It was surreal just watching it, um, mm-hmm. mainly because the Tim Allen performance is so ingrained. And I'm not saying they should have cast Tim Allen in this. I thought it was smart that they actually, because seeing how they differentiated it and wanted it to be a different thing. I thought it was smart day, you know,
1: but also if you think of the nineties movie of it too much, it's like, so they had this one guy who's in theory, a voice actor in this world. And then they just like, did it or no, I guess this is actually supposed to be a live action movie in theory within Andy's world, Mm -hmm. but they just didn't hire that guy to voice the toy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. You know, it's like the whole thing where, uh, where Tom Hanks voices Woody in the movies, but his brother, Jim Hanks voices, all the Woody video games and toys and stuff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but my larger point no i thought chris evans did a nice job with it you know he kind of i mean he's been obviously through that through the marvel machine which has really just become like the action comedy franchise of our era the mcu i guess right like maybe correct me if i'm wrong if i but you know he kind of knows how to do that whole thing and i thought he did it nicely there were a couple times where i was like hey is that steve rogers (laughs) but i mean you know other than that like i thought it was fine like yeah this characterization of Buzz like yeah you know he's like just kind of a hot shot kind of guy and um yeah I, like I thought it worked I didn't have any issues it was, surreal. It,
1: it was surreal to me it was surreal to me and so much as like he was so different from the Buzz I've just watched because I rewatched all four Toy Story movies like in the last two months so Same. it was very surreal that it's like you know that that Buzz is just like kind of a kind of a bit of adult uh, and just not super smart because he thinks he's a spaceman when he's not for so much of the movies. And even even after he eventually figures it out, he's just not as smart. I, I I got a kick out of like him, like even though he's come to accept he's a toy by the time we get to Toy Story Four. It's funny how he just like stumbles into everything he does when he goes out on his own to like go and find Woody, and he just like accidentally sees like accidentally sees him walking into the antique store, and he just like he does everything by accident. Like he's not really that smart, even at that point And here, this guy's actually like, in, supposed to be smart. Cause he actually is a space, uh, a, a space hero or whatever. But the, the thing was like, I don't know if they, and I don't blame Chris Evans for this. It was fine. The voice, not having the voice wasn't disorienting to me, even if it is funny to think about them, like switching the voice of the toy after, mm-hmm. it was, after having a successful movie, but I was like, I I kind of wanted to get more personality out of him. I thought it was funny when he like complained about autopilot. I laughed about that. Oh yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. That, that, that joke didn't get too, that never really got old for me. So I like that, but I, I, I guess I liked his relationship with Alicia and I don't think he really bounces off of any of the other characters like he does, even in the brief time we see with her.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just
1: kind of like, you know, allowing them to be along for the ride. And uh, I guess the sandwich scene is kind of funny or whatever. Uh, but like I didn't really like. I it just didn't do. It never like really felt like I was getting much personality. Whereas like you know Buzz in the Toy Story movies just keeps on giving with the comedy. And yeah. not that he needed to be that funny. Again, I wasn't necessarily expecting a traditional Toy Story movie. I just I even thought he had more. Just I just thought he had more color to him in the in that first opening sequence when he was. Uh, the, the writing between him and Alicia to me was just better and showed more to him than anything with those characters. The rest of the movie, it's funny. I think. Uh, Pixar. I think handled that version of having a uh, uh, lgbtq character in it pretty well i did, did it pretty matter-of-factly and i mean i think some people would have liked and i think some people like well, at least one review i wrote was like yeah it's commendable that they handled it matter-of-factly but that they marginalized that character so much made it feel like more like checking a box even if that's not what they were doing and mm-hmm. my thing was like i don't even think necessarily thought they were checking a diversity box but it's just like i feel like they. W- i wish they would have seen what they had there and maybe just spent like even 10 more minutes in that part of the movie and like 10 less minutes just like in everything else where it just it, it got to feel a little repetitive during the movie when they just like they kept failing to do what they needed to do with the ship as a group and mo just keeps doing something stupidly clumsy to like screw them up or the, the all of them do one thing like there is definitely room to live in the first 60 years of that i guess maybe it's they're good at packing that emotional punch in five minutes. We've already talked about that plenty about how Pixar can do that. So maybe they didn't want to like sit in it too much because they thought it would have like, you know, diluted the emotional potency of that sequence, but I could have just used more with him and Alicia. Cause I just, I, I, I thought she brought out more in that character than he really did for most of the rest of the movie. And that was kind of my issue with him. And that, like, I just, I wanted to see more to that, to his personality. And I don't think they did it. The writers did it a ton of favors the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, you make a good point. I would like to see the Buzz and Alicia movie. I think that would have been fun. Just kind of watch them planet hop and do their Space Ranger thing with the Rookie, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce. Quick side note. I thought you were going to already
1: have that down, Pat, but okay. (laughs)
0: Uh, Quick side note on the Rookie, uh, voiced by Bill Hader, who's quickly becoming the new John John Ratzenberger for Pixar movies, it seems. Um,
1: I think he provided some of the effects or whatever for BB-8 um mm-hmm. in star wars uh what wait what else has bill Hader done with uh pixar
0: so um he was oh, an inside a, out yeah, yeah yeah he was an in inside out but he has he has like a cameo in monsters university and and finding dory and then he's also the uh the carny dude in toy story 4 you know the the guy, the guy who finds buzz outside uh... the uh, porta potty how um, about
1: Laney's carved out for himself? I think it was funny when, when we did the first the first year of the of the pandemic when we rewatched the Toy Story movies I hadn't seen or the Pixar movies I hadn't seen. Uh, John Ratzenberger made it into my most watched actors on Letterboxd, and <laughs> just just because of that. And I think I've seen enough. I watched enough other movies by then since I, I don't I don't think he's there anymore. But now <laughs> Bill Hader is gonna like get up there for like half of the movies being stuff he's in, like his face isn't in, or that I'm only, or that, or that like. Uh, or that like he's only in for like small parts or whatever but uh but but yeah good 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 for him for like you know being able to like keep having stay having a job uh mm-hmm. so on, is, did he make it on let me look I might pull my letterbox oh no he's not on there yet but there's I still have I still have to log this one so who, who knows he might he, he might bump John C. Riley off this list we'll see <laughs> um but uh but yeah so I, I mean that, that that I did not I I, I think I'd seen some more Bill haters in it but I but you, you just kind of like taught me that uh taught me that as a new thing because i i I didn't really realize that before i i don't i I, i'll I'll just say like i don't the the, I it's not even like a novel thing to say but i think socks was the best part of the movie uh i wanted to ask about the other characters but like there's just not as much to say about about him as the others he's just like that's great and that writing felt like more sharp to me than like anything else which i mean it's good they didn't screw that up that seems like you know pixar is good at finding characters that can like you know provide that kind of comic relief but like i laughed like every time the guy talked
0: you know same yeah socks socks was very funny socks is very enjoyable um my laugh out loud moments were uh the product of socks and socks's uh, future missing eye counterpart uh, from the alternate timeline socks so uh, uh
1: voiced by voiced by uh peter sawn who wrote the good dinosaur and is a longtime pixar contributor correct um yeah directed and,
0: the, directed the good dinosaur too
1: or did i did i what did i say?
0: Oh, he, he he wrote, but yeah, he, he directed.
1: Oh no, I knew he directed. I I, I couldn't remember what I said. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. directed and uh, had a writing credit on Good Dinosaur, um, and uh, and this has been working in Pixar in various capacities, like basically it, since almost since the late, early two thousands, um, mm-hmm. and. Apparently, there's an animator on Iron Giant, which is his first credit, at least as on Wikipedia. Um, so the guy, guy's been around for a while. It's kind of funny. I, I don't know if he's like actually provided voice work and other stuff. Uh, but you know, I thought it was like, I thought it was pretty incredible. Looks like he has some additional voices, uh, credits on Cars 3 and ha- voice someone in Luko Though I don't remember that character's name. Um <laughs> But, or that, that that specific character but yeah so just like hilarious very very sharp writing for that guy i uh I really appreciate it but like I just don't know if there's much else to say it seems like it's kind of like the unanimous I've seen people really criticize this movie that like all thought he was good like no one has like a bad thing to say about that mm-hmm. character and they it was very very sharp though it was funny I guess you picked up that like you started having some questions about all the 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 timeline actually what what where where is this movie set what what is it once you saw the the, the talking ro- robotic cat in the trailer because it's like and i for me, it never even registered that maybe that technology would not have existed when uh, in 1995, when Andy was a kid, or when this, in theory, this guy that inspired the world without a movie made about him, like I just kind of like accepted though. Yeah. There might be some crazy space technology, even though like Andy's technology just kind of looks like whatever it is, whatever year the particular movie is set in. And so that never even registered with me. I was like, yeah, sure. There could be a cat like that in that time. Who knows? <laughs> um, um, what did you think of the rest of uh, Buzz's? um, uh thrown together team uh did did any of those characters particularly uh do a lot for you
0: um i thought they were all you know i thought they were enjoyable enjoyable group, obviously talented people behind them you know it's it's like a pretty good cast with Kiki Palmer and ta the y t d and um there is just um i don't know it's just it's tough like Pixar's had so many great ensemble casts, especially that mm-hmm. toy story cast like it's really hard to like, you know, make your mark as like a comedic Pixar ensemble. I feel like, so yeah, there, there was, I, I don't, I don't think they were bad. It's just, they weren't, they weren't really registering for me at the same level as socks was, or as I would have necessarily hoped. So. Yeah.
1: You know, Taika Waititi, I should, I, I don't think, I, I think I knew he was voicing in it and I didn't put two and two together till after the movie, but you know, it, it, he's so funny in Thor Ragnarok as Korg and mm-hmm. I, I I, so I know he has it in him to like be really funny and there were a couple moments where I laughed at uh, Mo being very ineffectual and just not that good at what he was doing but you know, it got a little old and I don't think they gave him as much to do as they could have like he's really good if you give him funny material like he, he is basically for me I think he was he was basically he was basically the socks of Thor Ragnarok though there are a lot of other funny moments in Thor Ragnarok he's just so funny in that and mm-hmm. like, he just never quite got there for me in this and Again, like, it literally felt like they just wrote the same uh, joke for uh, Steel over and over again about when I was in prison, my pro office going to say this, when I was in prison, it's like, I think they could have found a little more to do with that movie, and a movie that's like, I mean, it's a little longer than your average choice Story movie, I think, and it's like, I think they could have had room to give that character a little more color, um, yeah. and, and just... Do more with her than they did, and they, it literally was a pretty one note thing. Um, as far as Kiki Palmer's Izzy, i big month, big, big couple months for her. She's going to be in the Jordan Peele's note. Mm-hmm. She, I, I, I generally enjoy her when she shows up in things, and she was, she was good. I, I don't, I don't, maybe there's only so much you can necessarily do with a character like that who's a little more of a straight man than some of these supporting ones. Like, I think she did what she was asked to do really fine. There was never a moment where I'm like, I'm not buying this moment because of this voice performance, right. Um, but again, it's like. She was there to, like, you know, eventually win B- Buzz's trust to do a thing, and I guess he kind of, like, eventually invests in them, but there, there's, there wasn't a ton of story there, necessarily. It's, like, there's no fault of her. She, like, started training, like, as far as we know, like, you know, within the last year or so. I, I, I was a little fuzzy on the timeline. I guess Zerg kind of came down to that planet not that long before Buzz got back, I
0: guess um uh, mm-hmm. I, I i it was a little like a week they say yeah like right it's week. like
1: a week but the whole place now feels like a uh like an, an apop- apocalyptic wasteland where there's just all this abandoned stuff i guess uh where it, like, it looks like maybe some people haven't been there in years uh, but like it's like no like they just haven't been in that storage shed where the where the other suits are for like a week it's like okay so i mean i don't know like but like I, 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 i'm not 100 clear on how long izzy had been training um but like regardless it wasn't that long so it was like there's no shame in necessarily not living up to what your grandma did at that point when you're mm-hmm. new so it's like yeah. she's not really having to overcome anything super special she's just like you know having to like help save the day and i, I didn't know there was like a ton of story there to make her super compelling though you know i just i like your presence i didn't have anything bad to say about it but i can't say it like necessarily like move me like you would ideally be moved in a pixar movie
0: yeah and, and, all, and also because
1: they didn't give us more of that family you know like, like i said before mm-hmm. you know if you had given us like 10 to 15 minutes more of like Buzz's uh little breaks between his trips or something like that where he was seeing that family at different points again i am hesitant to criticize that part of the movie too much because it's it really is powerful on its own
0: but what mm-hmm. if you had
1: seen him a little more um interacting with them you see more of buzz and maybe seen her interacting with her grandma maybe mm-hmm. like you maybe you feel for her more as the movie goes on later and because you have some sense of the relationship
0: yeah and i will say too like um just comedically like she's a she's an aspiring space ranger who's afraid of space and we get that great little space floating sequence where she has to float across the way to help buzz but it's just like i feel like they could have had they could have mined more uh potentially from um you know Very true. from someone who aspires to be a great space ranger like her grandmother but is terrified of actually being in space i don't know <laughs> i think there could have been um, there, there were more opportunities to be had there for sure. So yeah,
1: so we end up like you know the, the, they keep trying to you know uh, at least do something, get the ship to where it needs to go. They're, they're help, trying to help Buzz, and but they keep getting hunted down by Zerg. Uh, I don't know if you had an expectation for where that storyline was going, uh, but eventually we come to learn that Zerg is being manned by a future version of Buzz who somehow time traveled, but came back because he wanted the first Buzz to. He needed more in order to get back to like make things like they never happened. He needed to steal more of the fuel from the first buzz because you know he he didn't really have anything else to like accomplish the rest of his mission with and with regard to those kind of supplies, which the he knew the current timeline buzz would have concocted. Joe, uh, explain to me how the time travel works in this movie, and then for ten bonus points, explain to me all of Avengers Endgame while you're at.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was able to loosely just sort of after watching the movie and kind of reading a synopsis i was able to you know basically understand what happened um but i did not like this um
1: i didn't i actually didn't i mean the time travel part of it didn't bother me that much like I, yeah, i'm pretty i'm pretty quick to criticize stuff like that was like my one big criticism Ven game it's like i don't i don't love time travel I, I i don't like having to think that hard about things like that in a movie it didn't really bother me here i just kind of assumed like oh they had the time dilation thing like he somehow like ended up in the future, but he figured out how to come back. Like they didn't like dwell on it, trying to explain it too much, such that I started trying to think about the stuff that they were saying as an explanation. They yada yadaed it effectively for me, So that doesn't mean it really worked dramatically for me. I'm wondering what about it didn't work for you, though.
0: I think the the whole idea of him not wanting to undo his big mistake works for his arc. Like I, I do think that works narratively, and like I think it's elegantly done. My issue here is. Zerg is Buzz Lightyear's arch nemesis, right? Like, Zerg is like Darth Vader in this world, presumably. And I just did not like Zerg being Buzz or an alternate Buzz. I just was not really here for that. I um, did,
1: did. Did did he need to like capture that entire planet to like find Buzz? And like, I mean, I don't know if we're led to believe he's actually killed a lot of people in this one, version of it, but he's at nah. least. He's always kind of trapped them and is kind of trying to like scour the planet, I guess, to get the resources he wants. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it totally tracked that he would need to go through all of that trouble necessarily.
0: Yeah. And this is where, you know, I talk about like, this doesn't, you know, for a movie that came out in 1995, it didn't feel like a nineties action movie. Like just give me like a fun nineties villain. You know what I mean? Like, like John Malkovich and Con Air, you know, or you know scar and the lion king just give me somebody who like has a bit of pizzazz about him and is just like a kind of a screw loose and it's just like a really fun foil for our main character you know like i just don't need buzz having like an existential crisis over facing an alternate older version of himself you know like you know d- does it work like yeah yeah it works it works you know like for the for the movie for the story that they're telling it's just it was disappointing for me. I don't know. It felt, it felt sort of like, and I just really appreciate something like Up, you know, where uh, Carl Fredrickson discovers like his old idol, Charles Muntz, right? And then it turns out there's a sinister underpinning, uh, you know, underlying thing there. And like, I don't know. It just sort of felt like I, I was just disappointed with that. I, I was not, as, a, as someone who's been a long time fan of Toy Story, I just was not really a huge fan of well, so, so,
1: did you did you at least get a laugh given the uh "I am your father" joke in Toy Story too? Did you get a kick out of like Buzz being like dad when he took the helmet off?
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. I did like <laughs> I, I, that. I I
1: was... did laugh at that, even if like again, that didn't the whole thing didn't necessarily do a ton for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, here's a dumb idea that just popped into my head. Mm-hmm. What if they what if they had had the villain voiced by Tim Allen? That would have been like funny, right? Um, I would have
1: appreciated it. Again, yeah. Don't I don't okay. very much agree with those politics. So that would have been cool if it's like, we'll Thank give you this paycheck you. Yeah. if you're the bad guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, I just, you know, I it, it works narratively in the story. Like, I'm not saying that it didn't work, right? Like, for the story that set out to tell, and, like, this is a movie that, like, I, I do think it's a well-made movie, and I did, like, enjoy watching it. I think I just had more, like, philosophical things with it. And one of them just being that Zerg is just like a future buzz and um, just, it did not. Yeah. I was, I was just, you know, I mean, I've, I've spent enough oxygen or did, did it need, did it need a real bad guy? Could Zerg have just been like the guy
1: that they had decided to get through and they never really learned much about him. Could he have been as nameless and faceless as he really kind of is in Toy Story two up until the, I am your father moment. And then like, then had like just gravity, uh, science, nature, uh technology be the and then just have to complete a task i mean i don't know if that i needed that necessarily but it's like i'm wondering did they even need to like give that kind of zuri explanation it could have just been again i'm saying like i, I needed i might have wanted more dramatic heft than like buzz has to learn to be a team player but like i don't even know if it i don't know if it needed an all-out villain particularly other than like maybe the people doubting him back on uh back at uh star command i don't know i mean i, I mean i'm like i agree with you though just it just didn't do a ton for me nothing no, I mean I guess it is kind of dramatic when I guess well I honestly forgot about it and then I read the plot summary again I was like oh yeah but it shoots the fuel and that's what kind of wins the think day for them
0: mm-hmm. but, like I
1: forgot about that when I until I went back and read so maybe that says something to like how they didn't necessarily make it work as much as they could have for me in that regard but yeah I guess I'm, I'm kind of right there with you it's like you know I, I guess I really haven't complimented it much aside from just like being I like socks um <laughs> Like again i there were either isolated moments of laughter whether it be the um like you said the diary stuff or the autopilot stuff and Mm. i those first 10 minutes so and but like nothing around the rest of it was bad per se is what i'll say or anything it was fine it was enjoyable enough to watch I i didn't necessarily feel like i'd get me out of here or anything like that i just came in with such high expectations pretty convinced that like they were gonna knock it out of the park and i mean they, for me they hit like a they 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 did definitely didn't hit a home run or, or a triple maybe they got close to a double and like you know that's okay but it just i i feel like i've been too negative i'm just saying like you know there's a baseline competence with pixar you know like there's, i i i kind of learned when i went back and watched all the other Pixar movies like I didn't even hate Cars 2 or 3 I think I'm pretty sure we went back and watched it I might have said like yeah these aren't like great but I think I'm pretty I'm pretty confident you can go back and listen to this podcast and be like I and here or actually we just did them all in one podcast I think but like I'm pretty sure I didn't say any of them were bad you know like I found stuff to enjoy it all of them and I guess I do that here it's just like I just thought I, I for for a minute there I thought maybe this was going to be like on the level of the other Toy Story movies for me, and it's just it's just not that. But that doesn't mean it's bad, and it's incredibly still. It's definitely still watchable,
0: you know. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> One more point on the villain thing too, mm-hmm. and you know I've, I'm going full galaxy brain now. You like if this is a movie that Andy saw in the '90s, that was like a formative experience for him. Got him the toy. You look at some of Andy's playtimes, right? Andy's great villains are evil Dr. Porkchop and one-eyed Bart who are just like, you know, hysterical kind of cartoony villains types. Right. Like very much of that era. You know, wouldn't you say, you know, and the evil force field dog. Right. It's just like, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, just, I don't know, existential alternate timeline, old buzz things are, yeah, just, um, I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to harp on it too much. It's just, I think it was just when I, when they, after the dad joke, which, you know, I laughed at mm-hmm. and then you discover it's him. I'm just like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so anyway, enough on that. Yeah. For me.
1: No, I, I, I gotcha. I mean, like, it's just, uh, I don't know. They they, they, they they I mean, I feel like Pixar has the creative capacity and imagination to create, even just create a whole new, whole new villain for this if they wanted to um, instead they, they just, you know, they, they went with the weird uh, time travel thing and I, I just don't, I, again i yeah I, I just don't totally think it lands um but you know we, we got what we got uh i again it's not. i think i think i think we'll be putting this out after the second weekend that it it was out there so um i'm sure most people that it will have seen it by then but you know i mean if i think it's still i think it's still definitely worth like recommending to people to go watch it and they don't need our recommendation or anything like that but i'm just trying to um you know make it clear that like i we're not even if we came off as a little disappointed i think we both say like still go see the movie i think kids are going to find stuff to appreciate from it heard a couple things also about people thinking like maybe it wasn't as aimed to kids as it could have been or it was still scary at points and to that i say like there's like nothing as scary in this as there is like in like being in sid's room in the first toy story at least in my opinion oh, you yeah. know oh my gosh. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely not scary i think kids will find uh stuff to take from it you know so
0: but yeah it's non doctor strange to marvel movie you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um you know if you if you take your kids to marvel and you're kind of on the fence about this one like yeah just then go see it you know it's it's fun it's got a lot of things to like about it and mm-hmm. um you know you'll be like the here <laughs> your, your kid may be like the one child in my screening who kept yelling buzz light year <laughs> every time a buzz appeared on screen so
1: <laughs>
0: all right uh
1: joe anything else you've been watching recently you want to recommend to people while you're here
0: um, I'm going back through Mission Impossible movies right now, and, um, because I've only, okay, weird story time. The only Mission Impossible movies I had seen before this year were Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible 4. Just just Sounds sort like of, someone
1: didn't go through the movie pass wars of 2018 where it went out on us on the weekend of Fallout came
0: out. <laughs> it's always just been a blind spot for me, and then, um, you know, I was kind of doing a Tom Cruise rewatch before Maverick. And then um, I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm finally going to, you know, take the plunge, especially with the new one um, coming out next year. I was like, I'm going to get up to speed on these. And so far, yeah, um, you know. But anyway, MI3 was the one I watched today. And, like, just peak Philip Seymour. Well, not peak, but, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is incredible. And may he rest in peace. And yeah, yeah, The, the, the awesome.
1: countdown scene. <laughs> it's pretty great yeah. he's in, there aren't a ton of like pure villain performances he's had some douchey performances so it's it's kind of cool to just know he could like you know he, he could go there if he needed to you know mm-hmm. so yeah. uh I, strong agree we got we got a year if my work slows down I'm, i might consider doing a rewatch project on those though it's like i wonder if there's like diminishing returns because like the, the plot of those movies is kind of gibberish um, yeah. <laughs> you know, for the most part. So it's like, is it really gonna help me that much to go back and re-watch any of them? I don't know. It could be, but it might still be fun if I have the time. But I kind of actually had those movies in mind when thinking and writing and taking notes and preparing to talk about light year, and so much as it's like I don't even like I think there's still ways to like make again, like like it goes back to me, I guess, saying I thought light year felt a little small or just maybe not as like uh create like nothing there's nothing as inventive as the they the, the, keep going back to it there's nothing as inventive as, as the toy toy the, the toy story car chase in this movie and <laughs> it's like i don't need like i, I did complain a little bit about buzz, buzz's personality and how i thought they could have written this version of buzz to be more personable i don't need that to think a movie is kick-ass like if you like complete your mission impossible rewatch you'll see by the time you get to like rogue nation and fallout Ethan Hunt doesn't have that much personality. He's just a vessel for cool ass action scenes, and it works. Like I don't need Buzz to have a lot of personality. We got to give me a little more if that's going to be the case. You got to give me one of the at least one of the other, preferably both. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just it just it just didn't really do that. Whereas like Mission Impossible, it's like I don't even know. I I wish Tom Cruise would get back to being a real actor. But like if he's gonna do movies where he's really just like trying to kill himself to for entertainment, <laughs> like just like at least like have really cool action, and they do that well in Mission Impossible um as far as like uh, recommendations from me sometime after this people are going to have the opportunity to listen, hopefully listen to a podcast i'm doing with uh p- friends of the podcast josh and denise both people who have done episodes of joe before uh i think i'm going to have them on hopefully to talk about cha-cha real smooth the newest movie on apple tv plus from uh young writer director cooper rife who did a movie shithouse a couple years ago that was in my top 10 of 2020 uh cha-cha real smooth about a bar mitzvah party starter that is a guy that becomes a bar mitzvah party starter because he's not sure what he's doing after college and you know happens upon a, a, a friendship and relationship with a mom and daughter who has autism uh just it was i saw it i saw it at sundance and it still kind of stood the test of time at the top of my movie rankings for the year still so i hope people would give that a chance on apple tv plus to um uh just to and, and then listen to us talk about it uh i just I, you know i'm not going to argue too much against anyone that says it's kind of a traditional Sundance coming of age thing, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I hope people support that movie and uh, hope to have an episode on it out soon. Uh, Joe, uh, before we get out of here, uh, where, ha- where can people find uh, any th- of your social media stuff that you want them to find?
0: Yeah, um, I'm on Letterboxd at uh, the letter J Parker Morgan. Um, I do not give star reviews because um, barely
1: even do reviews. Which I'm gonna, I can't really give you too much shit about that now because I'm like two months behind on writing reviews because I'm busy at work and you're a you're a dad who already writes for a living. So I, I feel weird. I, I wouldn't want to like complain and tell you to write, but you gotta like you gotta give us something. Give us like a quippy one liner, Joe. I know you have that in you, and it gives people an actual reason to follow you. So you have a follower besides me, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should probably yeah. Like I don't know. I don't like. <laughs> as someone who works in television i just every tv show and movie is a miracle so it just it always like there are some weird. like you you need to
1: always follow i don't know how many people you're following on there right now you need to i'm gonna only get off the air i'll give you a couple filmmakers to follow who like get they're just savage like i'm not saying you need to do that but like <laughs> i wouldn't be afraid of anything because like there's some like stuff on there that's just like uh wow like <laughs> I, I can't believe you're actually like an, a, like a filmmaker that does stuff you know
0: it tears <laughs> me part to hate on stuff like i didn't love Lightyear and like i just I, I felt bad i felt bad about it i was just like i was like i love the people involved i just didn't love it and uh i was just like oh like it's just killing me but you know um mm-hmm. here we are
1: yeah oh well. uh, yeah so you can find find her there you can find me on twitter at josh jernivoy O V O Y. letterbox same thing podcast emails is the real at gmail.com and you send send any uh also send any feedback there uh coming up next on the pod like i said i hope to have something on soon on cha-cha real smooth also on hustle uh also worth watching by the way even if i didn't go into detail on that uh always fun when adam sandler tries to act uh because he's he's good at it when he wants to so uh thanks to everyone for listening thanks to oh and we might have something coming out in the next couple weeks on the the new elvis movie is it just called (laughs) elvis joe yeah i think so Okay. It's just yeah. called Elvis. Joe Joe put in a request for that one a while ago. So uh, I, we might be, I think that comes out, it comes out like, if honestly, like within a week, I think of when we're recording this, I don't know exactly no, when we'll get to it, but that's another thing to look forward to with Joe. So uh, again, thanks to everyone for listening and to Joe for joining and we will see you next time.